Episode 41 is a pretty great episode, so sit back, relax, grab some popcorn, and enjoy the show. How's it going, everyone? My name is Lucas Holton here from the Hockey with LT podcast, and today I'm proud to have on Calgary Flames video coach Jamie Pringle. Jamie, how's it going today? Good, Lucas. Uh, thank you. We're uh, uh, just getting ready to uh, pack up and head back to uh, our home in Prince Edward County tomorrow, so uh, got to cut the lawn and make sure I got everything packed and yeah, we're ready, ready to fly. That's awesome. Now getting into the podcast, I want to know, how did you get into coaching? Well, I started, uh, uh, to be honest, as a player, I was a defenseman and uh, I was a career house leaguer. Uh, not going to say I was a yep. speedster by any stretch, but uh, I was a, I was a stay at home defenseman and uh, I realized pretty early uh, that I probably wasn't going to be playing junior anytime soon. So I decided at 18 to coach a, a Bantam team in uh, Prince Edward County, mm-hmm. uh, meet a friend of mine. So you know, I was uh, 18 years old and started that, uh, that journey and, and really enjoyed that year. And uh, I, I just, it just got into my, my blood. And I'm like, I, I, I want to coach. And then from there on, I, I kind of went from there. And actually your dad was a, was a big uh, a big force behind me when I was when I was in Babel and uh, it's been a long journey and, and uh, no regrets looking back. Now, early in your career, you won a championship with Belleville. How was that? Just so new and fresh into coaching. Yeah, I, it was it was an unreal ride. Um, again, it was you know I, I think at, at that time I might have been I want to say twenty five around there and. And uh, now, now looking back on it, uh, you really appreciate uh, seeing that at a young age. And, and you know, when I went in there, uh, Luke Crawford was our coach at the time, and uh, uh, it was just a really from a from a young guy trying to learn and figure things out. Uh, he'd set an environment and culture there of, of, of what it takes to win. So I was fortunate to be part of that, and, uh, and kind of really. Uh, gave me my foundation of what a winning culture looks like. And, uh, you know, we, we were an underdog team in 99 and, uh, uh, we beat Ottawa, who was a heavy favorite in the second round. They were actually hosting the Memorial cup in Ottawa that year. And just to, just to have that ride of, of going through that, uh, we played London in the finals. Uh, we were up three, one London came back and forced game seven in Belleville. And, uh, we had a, explosion from a guy named Jonathan Chichu who I think he had uh, seven points that night yep and uh, wow. and uh, it was just a, it was just incredible incredible blast uh, learned so much and I was just fortunate to be around some really good players and coaches when I was when I was young as you mentioned being that young you're around some very good players and coaches how did you kind of use your knowledge from that year to move forward well, I just, you know, I was, uh, at that time I was working up in the press box and uh, doing a lot of uh, video work, which I, you know, it's, it's carried me to where I am today. Uh, a lot of video work, a lot of, uh, a lot of analytical stats uh, work. And so when Lou left for, uh, he got promoted to uh, work with the, the uh, Toronto Maple Police farm team at that time in St. John's Newfoundland. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then yeah, your dad came in from Mississauga to Belleville and I spent another year up in the press box and spent a year with, with your dad. And then after that season, 
uh, he talked about me going onto the bench and uh, it was, it was an honor. I looking back on it, it's probably pretty green and inexperienced, uh, but he gave me a chance to, uh, to go down there. And uh, I just tried to uh, try to uh, help as much as I could. We had a guy uh, who was one of our assistant captains too, Matt stage who uh, he was with me here in Calgary. And uh, he was a guy, as soon as I knew I was going on the bench, he, uh, he went right down our, our roster. He helped, he helped me a ton as well. It was, hey, here's, this player needs the pat on the back. This guy just needs to be taught and kind of went down the roster. And so he, he'd given me a, a kind of lag up on, here's what you need to do, how to approach these players. And, and just with coaching, you, you've got to, you've got to learn and, and figure out what motivates guys. And, and uh, between your dad that year and, uh, and the stage as a captain of ours, uh, just invaluable lessons for me. How much did that help you to transition into the video side of things? As you're saying, you're already doing a video coach, but becoming strictly a video coach, what were you able to kind of focus more and pinpoint? I think uh, uh, back in those days, and uh, some people might not remember the days of the VCR, but um, it was it was uh, a lot harder to do video back in the day. You'd have these two VCRs and, have to stack them and, and uh, cut things. And it, it helped, it helped a, a ton um, just in terms of uh, how to go about it and what you're looking for. And, uh, and then uh, when I went to Kingston with, with your dad, we went to Bell to Kingston, then it became more computerized. Mm-hmm. And that's where I really got into the, into the, you could see where it was advancing and uh, it's Kingston where uh, everything started to become a lot easier to get stuff it was all computerized and and uh yeah so that's kind of where it started and then uh, uh we spent two years with uh with uh, your, your dad and my myself for two years at kingston and then in this business as uh it's happened uh it's happened more than once you end up uh losing your job and uh yep. and uh you know then it's like okay well what's what's the next step here i, I want to stay i want to stay coaching and then we had an old trainer, Paul Shilton, uh, who was a trainer with the Bulls. And he had just called me out of the blue and said, hey, uh, Hockey Canada is actually looking for a, for a full-time video coach to travel internationally. Yeah. And uh, so I, I was fortunate to get an interview with, with them and, uh, and got that job. And, and that's really where things kicked into overdrive a little bit because every six weeks, you're, you're kind of flying all over the world with different coaching staffs and that's where I, I made a lot of connections for those two years. Unfortunately, we won a bunch of those tournaments and, and uh, that really helped uh, get me to where I am today. You're talking about winning a lot of tournaments. You were taught the winning mentality. How, even just as a video coach, were you able to teach that to kind of your peers moving forward up into the next level? 100%. And that, that's the advantage. I don't think too many people could get two years of experience like like I did there. It was like I said, you're every six weeks you're basically uh, airdropped into a, a new coaching staff. So whether it was World Juniors, World Championships, uh the women's program, the under eighteens, uh just to to be with uh different coaching staff every six weeks, you know, and you're together for a lot of these tournaments for three to four weeks at a time. Uh just to, to make your contacts and just pick and 
uh, pick things out from each coach that you work with and be like, I like that. I like that concept. I like that attitude. I like, I, I like, I like that. Uh, I like how that looks. And I want to incorporate that into, into what I'd, I'd like to uh, use as a coach. So uh, it was just, just incredible two years. Hockey Canada was nothing but first class. Um, it, mm-hmm. it, I can't say enough good things about the two years I spent there. Love how earlier you're touching about how much the video role has changed. But since you're entering the league to the NHL in 2008, 2009 with Florida, how even since entering the NHL has it changed from back then to nearly 15 years later now in Calgary? It's, uh, it's, it's amazing. Like I've, I've been in the league now, I want to say about 15 years and every year something new, something new comes up and that's part of your job. So you've got to stay, you've got to stay on top of it, know what's coming at you. And, uh, mm-hmm. when I first got to Florida, you know, it was an older group and video was just kind of getting, getting a little more traction. Um, and now it's, there's so much the players want and their preparation as, as young players. Now, you know, they're getting a lot more from young ages, even before they get to junior, they're already, they're already into video and you know, a lot of players are, I'd say most players are visual learners. So, um, I mean, it's just in terms of the preparation and, and what players want right now. It's just, uh, you know, you get some teams that have three, four video guys. It's almost, it's almost becoming like a NFL, uh, uh, set up with uh, how much video you've got to prepare. And, uh, yeah, it just every year it just keeps keeps advancing. Now, what were some differences there were with the video systems? The amount of video you would have to do between Florida and Calgary, obviously, system wise, has changed since then. But what are some like pros and cons from each place? Uh, I. I think that uh, um, it's it's uh, it's a lot of similarities between uh, both places in terms of uh, what uh, what the player and what the team and what the coaches all need. Um, you know, I talk to a lot of guys in my role around the NHL right now, and, and a lot of the teams it's the same. It's kind of the same uh, same setup that most uh, teams use. We use uh, a software here called uh, XOS Thunder, and uh, yeah. I'd say probably two-thirds of the league uses that and uh uh the big thing that's changed in the last five or six years is the uh introduction to the coaches challenge which that's uh that falls on my plate so um in terms of offsides goal interference and uh, uh, some other things that you can challenge you've really got to be uh on top of things and uh and that's uh as you see in the playoffs like everything uh you know, one, one play, uh, can, can yeah. so, so that's, uh, that's put a lot of, a little more pressure on things, uh, that, uh, people probably wouldn't see, but, uh, there's, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, things that, uh, you got to be on top of. Talking about being on top of your game for suspensions. Do you kind of look after getting the proper clip, the proper angle? How does that work? Yeah. And that's, uh, uh you know, the league, if you've probably seen uh, during the playoffs, you see the war room. So they've got uh, a lot of people based in Toronto that uh, they've got the same views I've got. But yeah. uh, if we think there's a, a possible suspension or anything that, that we have to defend our 
our, our players, and certainly I, I'll get that to our GM, and then uh, he'll, he'll take care of the league officials. But uh, the league's really good with uh, uh, having everything they need. We just need to make sure that we have our, our, uh, our things checked off uh, for all that. A thousand plus games in the league. You know the league. Know all the ranks pretty well. Do you think you have a favorite? Oh, there's uh, there's some uh, Montreal to me has always been special. They just it doesn't matter whether yep. it's a preseason preseason game there. And I don't know if you've been there, Lucas, but yeah, uh, it could be it could be a preseason game. It could be you know it could be playoffs. It's just there's just a different buzz in that building. Um, obviously, I partialed at Saddledome. It's uh, uh, it's where I've been for uh, over a decade, and it's just uh, the dome is uh. You know, it's it's an probably might be the oldest or outside MSG. Uh, it's a special special place. It's not too often when you watch our playoff games, you don't see too many buildings around the league where everybody's wearing the same color. That's what yeah. it's red out here. And, uh, we've got passionate fans, and uh, you know, the run this year. Obviously, we would like to have gone farther, but uh, uh, you, if anybody uh, was able to take a game here at the Saddle Dome, it's. Uh, it was rocking and uh, it's a pretty, pretty special place to, to work. For younger hockey players trying to make it to the next level, you're around professionals every day. What do you think the biggest um, thing is that makes them who they are? I think uh, the league's, uh, it's become a younger league. It used to be, a, you, know, you, you might have to play two or three years down the American mm-hmm. league and, and some players still need to do that. Um, but you're seeing now that guys can step in. I just look back for us uh, three years ago, we played Colorado and Kale McCarr played his first play, uh, first NHL game against us. And he actually scored that night. And you're just like, yeah. who's this kid? And he stepped in and obviously he's just won the Norris and just won a cup last night. And so you're seeing more younger players being able to step in. And I think a lot of it is, you know, the coaching and the progression in junior, uh, you know, they, they're able to yeah. handle – They've been able to handle uh, pressurized moments a little better than they probably did a decade ago. Uh, they've, you know, they're they're definitely uh, better to, you know, to, to deal with the media and all the, the pressure that comes with that. So you're just seeing a younger league, and I think it's it's become a more entertaining league. As a coach, sometimes you get a little you get a little crazy uh, with uh, yeah. how how crazy the games are. I mean, you see games uh, around the league. During this year, and you're seeing six one, four nothing games. It used to be you know, a lot of three two two one games, and I think that's a result of being a younger league. Uh, you know, it's uh, the chances. I know when I got into Florida, if I looked at the average game scoring chances, which usually probably around twelve a side each, and now you're coming out of games that are twenty eighteen. So you're seeing thirty eight chances, you know, on average a night, and I think from the fans. Everybody watched it. It's certainly more entertaining because you can see more, more scoring opportunities. Yeah, and when you're saying, like, um, looking at the analytics standpoint, how do you kind of break that down and, like, present it to the coaches to improve the game? And, like, how do you properly show them in the areas where they're either doing well or struggling? That's a, that's a really good question, Lucas. And then it's really uh, – really evolved in terms of analytics uh, i'd say the last five years and, i mean you could spend 24 hours a day seven days a week examining a lot of this stuff and 
I think that's part of my job is to know what is important for us and what our coaches need. And uh, I'm very, very cognizant of not overloading our staff or our players. At the end of the day, it's, a, it's still a fluid game of, of speed and, and reads. And, uh, you don't want your players to become robotic, but you've got to, You've got to know what you think is important. And uh, for us, let's just say, for example, as our special teams, power play, penalty kill, I'll go through and find some things that, okay, well, you know, they're uh, they're really good at denying the blue line on their penalty kill. So, you know, you, you can now say they're top three in the league. So when I'm talking to our coach that's responsible for the penalty kill, you know, he goes into his meeting. Now we have certain numbers on, hey, let's be aware here. They're top three on denying a the blue line so we better be good here and here's our plan so with these numbers and analytics it really drives home your point as coaches um you know at the end of the day when you have team meetings we try not to be any more than 10 to 15 minutes in there even though it's taken us days to prepare for these meetings you have to keep it as short and, and clear and, and straight to the point so i mean yeah. over 82 82 games you don't want these guys to be going into a theater and then five minutes in they're falling asleep so we use those numbers just to drive home points for us and also as coaches just to be hey this is this is where they're weak this is where they're strong and then we then we go about it that way yeah for sure i'm not sure if you um look after this but for my dad's team and junior hockey for each playoff series they kind of do a video preparation kind of book thing how do you guys kind of prepare for a team in the playoffs video-wise and analytically-wise, look at them and how you guys can shut them down. Yeah, it's a different animal come playoff time. And that's where, um, especially going to the first round, you have usually, uh, you know, this year we knew that we were going to be in the playoffs. It was just a matter of who we were going to be playing in the first round. So you could take deeper dives on on everything from five-on-five five special teams. So we, uh, we do a written package for our players. Uh, we also... We also build video and, and we, uh, we send yeah. it out to them. And be trying to do as much as you can outside of just the, the team meetings at the rink is trying to get uh, stuff sent out to them. So even example, our, our centermen um, will break down all the opposition's tendencies uh, versus left-handed guys versus right-handed guys. What are they doing? What are their set plays? And so now like just that's one one small area of just prepping our centermen on, hey, here's what you're going to see with these guys on their end. And then trying to find, especially for me, finding weaknesses of, okay, here's your, here's your uh, three sets of D. Yeah. Is there one side that we can put pucks in that might be, they might struggle breaking out? And it's really taking deeper dives on areas where it's, now you're playing one team for seven games potentially. Where is their weakest points and how can we, how can we attack that? You do a lot of the work in playoffs, and the playoffs immediately shifts into your off season. What's your work like in the off season right now for you? Right now, it's uh, you're just trying to get. Uh, we just uh, we're in last week trying to get some stuff out areas for improvement for the team and areas improvement for each player. So just trying to find some videos, whether it's themselves, uh, you know, comparing them to the other guys in the league that are our masters in certain areas like you know you take players like Patrice Bergeron who's a you know, he's won a sulky I don't yeah. want to say seven or eight times and just trying to cross uh, 
certain guys with other players around the league that you're like, okay, watch this guy because he is he excels at this. And for us as a coaching staff in the summer, you're trying to make yourself make your players ten percent better. Um, obviously, yeah. we didn't get we didn't get the ultimate goal that we wanted, which was Colorado got last night. We got uh, we got one month in two rounds and. We want to go another month. We want four rounds. And so how do you do that? And so it's uh, just uh, getting everything together for the players and keeping keep in touch. Our coaches do a really good job with uh, staying in contact with, with players and uh, making sure that uh, they're training and everything's good. And then come uh, the end of August or September, when uh, they come back into town, that it's, uh, it's all, all uh, everything's ready to, ready to go. Now the offseason, trading for players, do you kind of help with that where, like, they want to see some video? Do you break that down, or how is that like? Yeah, it's uh, – we've got also an, an analytics team upstairs, too, with management um, that I, I work uh, together with. and uh, I just had a meeting with our GM just talking about uh, our team, and this is for for them. This is their real busy time. The year you have the draft come up here and uh, – another couple of weeks and you have free agency coming. So that's really when they kick into overdrive and any, anything that I can do to support them, yeah. uh, I, I, whether it's uh, putting video together, talking to other coaches in the league about players, um, trying to get as much information to them uh, as, as they need it. So I'm, I'm more in a support mode uh, during the off season. Been in the league, as we talked about over a thousand games, you learned a lot. You probably got lots of advice. What's your favorite piece of advice that you got that you would pass down to others trying to follow in your footsteps? I've got a lot of good advice and I met so many good people. Um, my, my thing is if you're passionate and, and, and it's not just hockey, whatever you decide to do in your life, just go, just go and take a chance at it. It's not easy. And I can tell you for sure, there's a lot of ups and downs, uh, this business yeah uh, it's just uh especially in the coaching world uh, you just see uh you see a lot of movement and i'll tell you a story last week uh i went golfing with uh dave lowry who uh i coached with for one year here he's an assistant coach uh, my first year in calgary and uh just a great a great uh great person i, I learned a lot from him i still do uh i also at the same time i golf with matt stage and, and this classic i kind of guess it comes full circle talking to you earlier about stage with the roster when i was involved with your dad yeah and uh it was a it was kind of an old man but surreal moment where we you know we drafted stage i want to say in the sixth round in Balville, and he was a 15 year old kid uh no uh he was just a scrawny little it was uh you know he's 15 years old and now he's retired, and now he's a coach with the Calgary Hitman, our uh, WHL uh, team here, and be out there golfing and, and have known him since he was 15, coached him in Bravo, coached him in Calgary. He's played over a 1,000 games in NHL, and now he's a coach himself. It's kind of come full circle, and uh, to see him now, he hasn't changed a lick. He's the same kid as he was at 15, and he's just always been humble, and he's just – He's just done it the right way. He's, you know, it's not been easy for him as a player, 
but he just persevered all the way from junior. And it's not surprising to see he had a successful NHL career. Now it's transitioned into a coaching career. Well, Jamie, that's incredible. Thank you for sharing all your stories today. And thanks a lot for coming on. It was a blast. And I hope, uh, I hope to see you guys uh, in the County or Kingston here coming up shortly. <laughs>